0: This is Who Wore What When, a podcast where we examine the lives of historical figures and what clothing they wore in the most significant moments of their lives. I'm your host, Maggie Latham, joined once again by the incredible <laughs> Bella McAllister. We love a recurring theme. Um, Woo! Oh, back. baby. You thought you were done, but
1: no. <laughs> never. Never done. We're never done. Yeah. All I'm right. I'm never done like, I'm trying to think of something that never gets done. I'm never done like laundry. There you go.
0: Cleaning my room. (laughs) I haven't lived here long enough to have the mess in my room that I have. (laughs) I have to cut that or my mom's gonna judge me. (laughs) (laughs) You've been busy. Mom, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No worries. Um, Today's topic is Queen Eleanor of Aquitaine, one of the most powerful figures of the Middle Ages, male or female. Yeah, I'm obsessed with her you mean, cat characters, categories. (laughs) Categories. When you can't say words, she's incredible. She's honestly incredible. She's—I just love her. I found out about her when I was doing the stage reading of King John, Mm. Um, and our director like went on to this whole like (laughs) story of her life. Yeah, and I was like, she's so cool. And the woman who played her, her name was Roberta Maxwell. Um, she's this very cute old lady, and she just will sit there and be like, shit. (laughs) <laughs> and you're like, thanks, thank yeah. you, Roberta. Thank you, Roberta, for your input. Thanks for your input. Yeah, <laughs> she would, she would improvise things like that and just be like, "Shit, <laughs> so funny." I loved uh, her, Roberta. and I love yeah. Eleanor Backfatman. Yeah, she's also just beautiful. All the like pictures and blends yeah, of her. Yeah. There weren't very many made during her life because you know, right. Dark Ages. Yeehaw. Eleanor was born in. 1122 mm-hmm. C.E. to William the Tenth, Duke of Aquitaine, and Enor de Châtellerault Yeah, French is hard. That was really good. I oh, hope true. that my yeah
1: wasn't too like earpiece piecing piercing <laughs> ear piercing. <laughs> I hope we didn't splice everyone's ear
0: <laughs> This is uh, gonna go so well. <laughs> yeah, we're clearly both in the mindset for this. Oh man, it'll be good. Let's do it. You got it. <laughs> The name Eleanor actually comes from Alienor, which means the other Anor. Um, so she would have been named after her mother. Um, and she was probably the first person ever to have the name Eleanor. <gasps> That's sweet. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I know. She like... invented it. <gasps> she was like,
1: she's a trendsetter. You I can't like the just make Eleanor, Eleanor happen. Like, yeah, yeah, she made Eleanor happen. That was really terrible. I felt I like, it. I don't
0: know. Tina Fey is <laughs> yeah. here with
1: us. <laughs> she's like, oh. She like a little hair stood up, and she's like someone talking about my show. <laughs> what talking about my movie?
0: Mean girls? Anywho, Eleanor's grandfather was uh, the famous troubadour slash warrior William the Ninth um, of Aquitaine, uh, and his works influenced the development or of later provincial romantic poetry. So, they pretty sweet. Yeah, they yeah. liked their medieval poetry. Mm-hmm. That continues too. later yeah. in her life, oh. she keeps that. Oh, that she keeps that poetic screen. vibe living strong. And you know why? Why she did that because while her father William the Tenth did not have the poetry skills of his father, he did have a similar love for literature, oh. um, and he did encourage Eleanor and her younger sister, whose name is Petronilla. Mm. Um, Petron, <laughs> which is not a name yeah. that has stuck around yeah. nearly as much as Eleanor has, right. um, but he encouraged them to be educated and culturally refined. So Eleanor became fluent in Latin and was trained in the sports of kings, such as hunting and hawking. That's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I wish I could like hawk. I don't know. It says a it says a lot about her later life that she was trained in these kingly. Yeah. Thoughts. Yeah, she
1: was like, I can do it all. Well, actually, she's French. She's like, I can do it all. <laughs> I can do it all. Oh, yeah. Baguette. Ambrose yeah. <laughs> <Everyone laughs> will be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> he be like, oh,
0: how do you? <laughs> <laughs> you think I talk like this? <laughs> no, that's not how he sounds, actually. I don't, I don't know Ambrose. Yeah. I've never met him. That's right. So I guess he should... He should come he should here. Just, no, he should just hate me from the get-go. No, he should just not. Just because of, because of this. That's not true. No, he won't. He'll be like, ha, 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 uh.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: He'll be like, what's a baguette? <laughs> yeah. He's like, we don't have those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we don't have these yeah.
1: American baguettes, no.
0: Her mother also made sure, of course, that she was educated in domestic affairs like spinning, weaving, and keeping the household accounts. Um, but, yeah, they're in mm-hmm. charge of the money. Nice. Yeah, you know. Yeah, she was counting them bills. She was like, okay, mom,
1: let's go. And then she would lick her thing and go... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, she's like a little Jewish accountant yeah. <laughs> from, like, the movies. She's like, yeah. Like, the one that Andy Samberg used to play yeah. on SNL. Like, yeah. more something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, though, Eleanor's mother and younger brother, Agrit... <laughs> I'm sorry. To laugh at his I name. I feel like it's, like...
1: Agrie, though, because
0: it's usually the, <laughs> the teaser's sign. I like Agrit. Agrit? <laughs> brother Agrit, dad! <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, Eleanor's mother and younger brother Égré, um Ooh. I'm trying, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, they died in 1130 CE. Big sad. Um, and then her dad died seven years later in April of 1137 Dang. from dysentery. While mm-hmm. he was on a pilgrimage, that's how all of my characters died on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> that's Oregon. how all I of the characters Oregon. in this here story die. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple more dysentery <laughs> deaths. Because, um, you know, yeah. we love the Middle Ages. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but Eleanor is unfortunately only 15 at the time. Oh, that's um so sad. And William the Tenth knew that he had to protect Eleanor and her inheritance. Nice, um, because this was a time when noble women, especially heiresses to property like Aquitaine, were regularly kidnapped in order to get their land. That sounds like today. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you just <laughs> walk yeah. up to someone and you're like, You got land? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, it's You got a now. body? That's mine now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Aquitaine is big. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It was an enormous fiefdom. Yes, it was. Yeah, it spread f- far and wide. Yeah, forever. So, um. I like I put down this little note because when I when you wrote that I was like, what does that look like? So I like to visualize a map of modern day Europe. So thinking of the kingdom of France back then as like Spain, Switzerland, the Netherlands, and France all together. So that's like a lot. It's a lot of land. Yeah, still not as big, I think, as the United States, but still big. Yeah, I'd say like maybe half.
0: Well, to be fair, when the
1: United States started out, it wasn't that big. That's true. Yeah. So everyone spread west and also got disintegrated. <laughs> <laughs> go back <laughs> Oregon Trail. Full
0: circle. Full baby. circle, baby. <laughs> Welcome to. Or what Yeah. <laughs> we always go full circle. Yeah. Exactly. While dying, William the Tenth sent courtiers to King Louis the Sixth of France. Um, unfortunately, also known as Louis the Fat, um, to ask him to protect Eleanor and her, and to find her a husband. And so Louis arranged a marriage between his son and Eleanor, who would be married three months later. So her new husband, Louis the Seventh, was never
1: supposed to be the King of France. Hmm, that kind of stinks. He was like, I'm,
0: I'm, uh, I'm <laughs> <like>, thing now. <laughs>
1: um, he had been groomed for the clergy his whole life, but his brother Philip, the heir. Um, had died in 1131. So basically, he was like, "Whoa!" Like he had learned life a life of celibacy and practicing. Um, and then he was religion like, Here's aggressively. A woman. Yeah, and he was like, "What do we do with you?" He poked her, and he was like, "You, what are you?" <laughs> so he lacked the training and experience that his brother had gotten, and he'd lived a sheltered life with lots of time in monasteries and little travel experience. Kind of what we were talking about. So basically, he. He, like, hobbled out of his little, um, clergy area and was like, what?
0: <laughs> Although I will say, good way to avoid dysentery. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> true, right? Drinking that clean church water. That holy hey, water.
0: Actually, holy water is, like, known to have, like, fecal matter in it. Cute! <laughs> that's like, a good thing. <laughs> so maybe I don't remember he was the immune. exact s- statistic, but it's... That's really nice. Yeah. That's so the only kind of water I drink. Think about it, folks. Yeah,
1: you drink pure life water, I drink fecal water. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this this podcast is brought to you by fecal water. <laughs> <I look laughs> you are not seeing me do this. Uh, I keep doing, I like, the, the hand move. motion, but I'm doing, like, kind of a dab, but also, like, waving it off. So, I don't know. So, just imagine that. One arm, though. Anyway. Um, so, Eleanor was the exact opposite of Louis and had traveled with her father and her tales of her grandfather's adventures in the Crusade of 1101. So, she was worldly. She was out there. She was just live in her best life and then louis was
0: like (laughs) (laughs) he was like a little troll man yeah
1: exactly so um her flamboyancy was quite the contrast to his quietness and his submissiveness so he was like completely in awe of her which you know makes sense he's kind of like Long. I am too
0: and I'm not even right. like I haven't been groomed for right. the clergy right. but boy howdy <laughs> am I in awe of Eleanor. Yeah
1: me too I want to meet her and shake her hand I love her. Or maybe I'd have <laughs> to like kiss it yeah he's this is so Maggie's stupid. favorite part
0: he's so dumb Louis was uh, to lead the charge of the second crusade to the holy land um, and Eleanor said nah <laughs> boy you ain't going without me. (laughs) Uh, Louis wanted to go uh, on this crusade in order to get forgiveness for the massacre of the citizens of Vitry during his war with the Count of Champagne. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's a noble reason. That's a nice reason to go. Yeah. Um, to, to make amends for that. And Eleanor, she wanted to go on an adventure. (laughs) She She was was, getting bored. forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah, She was, she was not super super happy with how things were going. Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of how things are going, (laughs) the crusade (laughs) did not go well. Um, it did, it didn't, wasn't as effective as some of their (laughs) other ones. Um, And Eleanor was criticized, um, or is criticized, rather, by historians for bringing 300 ladies-in-waiting and a baggage train supposedly miles long to carry their dresses and such.
1: (laughs) Hmm. I guess, well, because they, they wore a lot of layers and stuff, right. so I would I'd see maybe, like, two or three, but I feel like that's an exaggeration to so be like, ladies and
0: all that. But there. it's also, like, the Middle Ages. Like, they're wearing, like, bliodes tr- and kirtles. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't like so we'll much. But regardless of all of this criticism that she received, historians do make it clear that she was a much better leader than her husband, which is pretty clear. Yeah. Um, he seems like a doof. Yeah. <laughs>
1: kind of reminds like if I were to he'd be like a milk dud like in all of the candies of the world like she would be what she'd be like a pixie stick or something no she'd be something something more majestic than that a twix no a milky way
0: it, maybe no. she's, like, Godiva. Like, she's a whole <gasps> other brand. Yes.
1: Yes. Like, she's totally She's, Godiva. like, that
0: fancy, like, $5 lint chocolate bar with, like, yes. the orange peels. Exactly. And he is a an <laughs> <laughs> nob-dub. And, so and also a real-life dud. Yeah. <laughs> um, not the best. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Candy. Um while making their way to Antioch where Raymond of Poitiers, Eleanor's uncle was waiting um the party became separated and Eleanor told her group at the front to keep going and classic Louis told his group in the back to stop for the night um and so they were ambushed by some Turks uh and they were massacred. Oh. Uh, Louis did manage to escape by of dressing like did. a cleric. I know, right? <laughs> um, and hiding in a tree. <laughs> milk dud <laughs> to the max. Super powerful. Ha-
1: we love a milk dud man. Making milk dud moves. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't actually, eat yeah, he doesn't have to be like, a, a
0: hero, but a, yeah. No. But That's I- actually pretty smart, though. Yeah, except he could have taken some other people with him.
1: Right! And also, like,
0: he let everyone else die. That's kind of. Yeah, he just was like, "Mm." like, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, Well, while in Antioch, um, Eleanor proved herself to be much more of a leader than Louis, who seemed like her servant to those who witnessed them. Mm. And his admiration of her that he'd had in the beginning of their marriage. Seemed to be replaced with a certain bitterness. Oh no! Which, to be fair, if you were around a woman as awesome as her all the time, and like you sucked that much, can you imagine? <laughs> She's like, oh. one of these days we're gonna have to do one on Louis the Seventh yeah. because I don't know much about him except that I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Yeah. But I hate him. Yeah. Um. So, Eleanor suggested annulment on. D- and this is the less good part, on the ground of familial relations. Oh. So she was like, <laughs> let's get our marriage annulled because we're related. <laughs> and they were like, the which, church like, whoa. Which is weird because they like married their cousins all the time. Right, yeah. And I don't think they, they weren't like siblings. Yeah, maybe that's what she claimed. She was like, actually, <laughs> he's my brother. He's my brother.
1: He's my son. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah. If I'm not on. It's like how it, like people just were like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> 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 like, they were born you in different parts something. of France. You gotta find Yeah,
0: like... Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Um, and... Louis initially refused, but eventually agreed, <laughs> and upon their return to France in 1152, their marriage was annulled, and Eleanor is 30 at this time. Wow. So she's 30, and she's an eligible bachelorette. All right, 30 and flirty, baby. 30, <laughs> flirty, and thriving. <laughs> well, she lives to be, like, 80, so... Yeah, she, she does good. 80! She does some good... Diggy dang, dang, Eleanor. I know. And this is the Middle Ages. Exactly.
1: Only weeks after their annulment, I should say, Eleanor married Henry Plantagenet, the Count of Anjou, and the Duke of Normandy, and he was also going to be the future Henry II of England. So he became the King of England in 1154. So Eleanor wasn't able to overpower Henry, unlike Louis which was unfortunate. So their marriage was super complicated because she tried to control him and he refused and fought back and was having a lot of affairs in turn. So she was like, hey, I'm going to say things. And he's like, well, I'm going to be with women instead. And so she was like, oh, okay, (laughs) I see what you're trying to do here. So Henry was impulsive and had a nasty temper and she was kind of like, ah, and so that really didn't, help their relationship at all and he also had a pretty blatant affair with rosamund clifford just to humiliate that's so mean just to humiliate ellen listen
0: henry ii not a good guy yeah
1: big dumb like
0: there's a reason why there's not a henry ii play yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, like shakespeare didn't write about him yeah. because he sucks because <laughs> he's terrible yeah and that's... he even wrote about henry the eighth right and he was bad he was big he bad he not great and also like to be f- quite frank King John was, eh. Yeah.
1: Really, the whole history of people were not grid. Not grr, is what Not I just grid. Said. Not grid. Um, so Eleanor just ignored Henry and was like, okay, go hang with Rosamund, which sounds like Rosa Mound, mound of dirt, and I'll hang out with poets and artists instead. And so but she may have had an affair with Bernard de Ventador, right? Then Sure. Yeah, I'm I gonna say that, right. right? Bernard Bernard. He was like, Let me show you my art <laughs> and she was like, Oh okay. <laughs> Let me write your poem. <laughs> That's
0: how I imagine him. Right. Let me write your poem. <laughs> she's like, oh, Bernard, you look too sweet. Let's be honest. This dude was probably smoking. He was probably smoking, Because yeah. she's amazing. Yeah. She, so they just she had... enough doesn't have time
1: for that. Yeah. It was probably really, really beautiful, their affair. <laughs> if it happened. Yeah. Passionate, we don't know. Fiery. Anyway. So Eleanor focused on raising her children on top of hanging out with poets and artists and ignoring Henry um, because she knew that through them she would gain greater power than Henry through uh, through matches with other foreign nobility. So by marrying off her children and continuing to expand land and connections there, she was doing a service to herself and her family while Henry was like, (laughs) (laughs) Rosamond. Anyway, (laughs) Rosamond. So... Uh, Eleanor ended up having two daughters with Louis and five sons and three daughters with Henry. So,
0: a total of ten children. That's amazing. That's a winner, though, because five yeah. whole sons. That's, five whole um, sons. I mean, I feel like so much of what we've talked about is, like, I don't want to be with you anymore because you won't give me a boy child. And she's like, right. hey, you want a boy child?
1: <laughs> Here you go! I got five! <laughs> they were half and half. Oh, like, yeah. my God, she <gasps> have these. Yes. So then everyone can Equality. be like... Equality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, what she, that's why Eleanor is great. Yeah. Um, so the sons were William, who died at the age of three. So sad. Henry, of course. Richard the Lionheart. Uh, Joffrey, Duke of Brittany. And John, surnamed Lackland, until having outlived all his brothers he inherited in 1199 the crown of England. Right on, John. And the daughters were Matilda, who married Henry the Lion, Duke of Saxony and Bavaria. Eleanor... Also, her mother's name, if you um, didn't already catch that one, if you've been keeping up <laughs> <Yeah>. with us. <laughs> uh, who married Alfonso the Eighth. Eighth King of Castile, and Joan, who married successively William the Second King of Sicily, and Raymond the Sixth Count of Toulouse. So yeah, her, she made those connections. Yeah. yeah. She's like living in the big city. She's like I'm living in Aquitaine, making connections. She made a rap song too. You should have heard it. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it was a big hit. Um, So Eleanor was named the grandmother of Europe, which is you know a pretty. That was like her big nickname when she got into like, her older years. She's got people everywhere. Yeah, she knows everyone, and everyone knows her, and that's good. Um, Yeah. Oh baby. We love that for you, Eleanor. Oh, man.
0: We loved that
1: for you. <laughs>
0: rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, Eleanor separated from her husband, Henry II, in 1170. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. Um, and moved back to Poitiers. Um, at this point, she is 48 years old, Ooh. which is old for the time. And boy, howdy, does she get older. <laughs> you thought she was done? <laughs> no, uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> yeah. um, she moved with her favorite son, Richard the Lionheart, Ooh, wow. um, and her daughter from her first marriage, Marie. Nice. Um, at Poitiers, she listened to grievances, entertained guests, and dealt with various administrative issues. Um, and again, she filled her court with poets and artists. And Amy Kelly, the biographer of Eleanor writes the queen and the countess marie with their native poetic tradition were the natural patrons of the troubadours that's nice Mm, they really loved some troubadour yeah all right Um, baby kelly yeah uh both of them both eleanor and marie enjoyed courtly love poetry and encouraged the advancement and development of more intricate characterizations in their court They would, this is my favorite part, they would hold courts of love with other important women and ask love-related questions, such as, can true love exist in marriage? The answer, they found, was no. (laughs) Um, That was what they decided. Uh, And what constitutes love, which they define as the, which they define as the devotion of the lover to the beloved. Which I think is nice. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah. Wow. I'm devoted. Yeah. To you, hopelessly <laughs> devoted to you, hopelessly <laughs> devoted to you. Yeah. She also started in Greece. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Eleanor Newton John. John. <laughs> oh, <yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> instead of him singing a song about Sandy, it was Eleanor? It's yeah. like a hard to say that in the. Eleanor. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Eleanor.
1: Ellie, instead of it's like
0: Sandy. Ellie. Oh, that's oh. cute. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about <gasps> the clothing. Amazing! So it's exciting! Like
1: this is what this podcast.
0: <laughs> it's almost like <laughs> that's what we're all about here. All right. Well, unfortunately for Eleanor, we don't have a lot of actual depictions of her image. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can assume, based on the time period, uh, that she would have worn a bliode as an overgarment. Um, this is a tight-fitting style of gown. Uh, the bodice would have been crimped or pleated, and it was often slit at the neck to show the under tunic or chemise that she would be wearing as an undergarment. Um, it would be fitted to the torso with buttons or lacing down the sides, and it had very distinctive long funnel sleeves. Mm-hmm. I, I like to yeah, act you, it out you just, as yeah, I do it. you can see it. It's just um, swishing your hand around. Yeah. Swishing
1: your funnel sleeves. Awesome. That sounds like the
0: kind of gown I like to wear. Yeah, well, and bliodes are, are different because they're at the same time as the kirtle, which is the typical garment of mm-hmm. everyday wear. But the bliode has those long funnel sleeves that make it not super useful for anything other than being rich. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you were not rich, it was not so easy to wear a bliode. Yeah. um, And it was very typical for royal women at the time to wear mm. bliodes. Um, it's like the very typical, like, princess gown mm-hmm. that you see yeah. in, like, the the old... Mm -hmm. (laughs) The olden times. The old burps. (laughs) Um, She also probably would have worn a long belt that was knotted to sit low on her hips. And she would wear a veil under her crown... Because she was royalty, the veil was probably very long, and would have gone down past her knees, and would have had a decorative border along the front edge. Mm, oh, that's very nice. Yeah, you know. very tasteful. <laughs> she also may have worn a wimple underneath the veil, which is a loop of fabric with a neck hole and a face hole, like what nuns wear mm. beneath their habits. Yeah, um, underneath her wimple. Yeah. She's in her hair. Right. We're just making so many references <laughs> right. to musicals today. Right. Um, she also would have worn a mantle, which is a cape that was draped around the shoulders and pinned either at the neck or at the shoulder. Usually at this point in time, it's pinned at the neck hmm. um, so that it can't choke you. Lovely. You gotta pin it down. So mm-hmm. you gotta pin it down. As, as the great Edna Mode would say, <laughs> Nuckets! hips. <Not capes. laughs> But yeah, Wonderful. She was stylish. She was stylish. Something that wasn't so stylish was
1: her imprisonment, in um, uh, uh. yeah, big sad. So in
0: seventeen 177- seven what? Seventeen seventy six. When George Washington came to rescue her from the tower,
1: and he was like, sign this,
0: <laughs> <laughs> sign
1: this <stick> yeah. <laughs> declaration. Um, in eleven seventy three, very different from seventeen seventy six. Her sons revolted against their father, Henry II, the big, the big dumb, big dumb, dumb boy. I was going to say a bad word, but then I was like, oh, right, we're trying to keep it. The big um, kahuna? The big kahuna. We're trying to keep it friendly. Um, Supported by Eleanor with military support. Perhaps she instigated it, question mark? Maybe she could have. She was like, hey, sons, can you just uh, revolt against your father? That would be amazing. And they are like, sure.
0: I totally think she did. I think she did. Yeah. She was like, you know what? You suck. <laughs> she's like not the kind of gal that just sit around and let things yeah. happen. She is a, yeah. she's an instigator. <laughs> yeah, she
1: was like, kiss my military bagged booty. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, ah, so kiss me in the potty. yo. And so that revolt was led by her, one of her sons, Henry, the young king, so she sought refuge in Louis' kingdom, which is funny, that she was like, Hey, Louis, do you want to... And he was like, Sure, come live in my hobbit hole. Anyway, um, <laughs> and uh, but the revolt failed, and she was captured. And so she moved around uh, throughout Henry's strongholds, and only after the death of Henry in 1189 was she finally released from imprisonment. Henry the young king had also died of dysentery, so... Um wah, wah. Yeah.
0: Dysentery
1: takes two. <laughs> takes another one. <laughs> uh, but we have a little interesting tidbit about Henry the Young King. Tidbit. The way I just said tidbit, just me. An <laughs> interesting, interesting tidbit. About Henry the Young King. Um, that he'd already been crowned before his father had died. But because Henry...
0: Wait. all right. So, so basically... Oh, he died. Do- he, he, he was like, I don't want, like you're gonna be king, I'm just gonna, like, take a back seat, you can be crowned, yeah, and then Henry died, Uh, (laughs) and then the other one was, like, well, um, and then he died, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I like that. Should we keep that? They both die. Yeah, I
1: think we should keep the interesting tidbit narrated by Maggie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's really good. That's yeah. really funny. He died. He died before his daddy-o.
0: <laughs> um, he, was like, he was like, I got it! and he's like, ah, dysentery. Ah! He literally like like he had been crowned. He yeah. was like ready. He was sudden, already the king. It came out, and then, and then, and then. <laughs> right upon the throne, he pooped himself. Yeah. <laughs> <to death. laughs> oh, oh no! Oh, a bad history.
1: Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. After she was released, these are just a taste of her accomplishments. So Eleanor was the mastermind behind Richard I, her son, the Lionheart, uh, his coronation, and Richard seemed to be happy to leave his kingdom to her. That's really nice. So she was the administrator of the realm during his crusade in the Holy Land. She made people address her as Eleanor by the grace of God, Queen of England. Oh,
0: wow. I would Eleanor. love to have people address me like that, right, Maggie? By the grace, grace of, of God, God, Queen of, of Harlem, apartment, too.
1: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and while he was gone on his crusade, this is we're going back to Richard the First again. She ensured that the kingdom remained in top operation, especially after the attempts of Richard's brother, John Lackland, which is also her son, and the King of France, Philip II Augustus which, why didn't he do Philip Augustus II? Anyway, whatever, Um, to seize control. Um, So she provided the ransom and a personal escort after her son's capture by the Duke of Austria. Amazing. And after Richard died in 1199, John Lackland was finally crowned king, as we mentioned earlier when we were listing off the children. So at approximately 80 years old, Eleanor organized the marriage between her granddaughter, Blanche. Blanche? Oh yeah, I don't know why I, li- I was like Blanche, but I knew <laughs> I've, I've seen um, <laughs> um, Blanche before. And she was in currently in the court of Castile while she was organizing that marriage, and John's son. As both a way to keep the Plantagenet dominion and to ensure peace between the Plantagenetians and the Capetian kings of France, Oh, my goodness. You don't know. This is all gonna get cut. She's a star. But it took me at least four minutes to get there. <laughs> but she got it. I got it. So, yeah. At 80 years old, Eleanor was heckin' killing it. Um, and also in that year, she defeated Anjou and Aquitaine from... Oh, defended. She's
0: She's out
1: there with a sword. I'm Yeah, It's just me here!
0: Um... So <laughs> I'm picturing Roberta, the woman who played her in the show, who's like shorter than I am right. with a sword. Sword in it. it up.
1: Mm. So also in that year she defended Anjou and Aquitaine from her grandson. Just all of her son's sons are coming after her. Um, Arthur of Brittany's prying hands and secured John's French possessions. She was making money moves too. It was money amazing. Moves. Yeah. To quote Grace Cuneta. Yeah, she was um, whipping, whipping her way into her eighties. Of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. As and we all hope to. Yeah, and also throwing the bills everywhere. She's bathing in bills. Well,
0: they were probably like, what? Do they have bills? I don't. I yeah. do clothes. So I yeah. don't do money. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> probably coin. <laughs> Who spent what where? Yeah. <laughs> that's our. That's our <laughs> A next new podcast. One. Yeah.
1: She also prevented Arthur from taking Maribou and made John come and fetch him as a prisoner. So she was like, hey, your grandson, or my, s- like, grand-ne- grand- Nephew? grandnephew, yeah. your grandnephew is causing trouble. And she was pulled John by the ear, and she was like, you're gonna go get him, and you're gonna fetch him as a prisoner, and that's that. And he
0: was like, okay, mom, fine, whatever. Um, I gotta say, though, um, Arthur's death in the play King John... Mm-hmm. So funny. <laughs> he like jumps down and he's like, "Oh no, I'm dead," <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> and you're like, "Whoa!" You're like, "Oh, amazing! Wait, you're dead?" <laughs> yeah. And then everyone's Why like, are you saying Yo, it? I don't know." If it he's <laughs> dead.
1: <laughs> oh no! For five minutes, <laughs> so everyone's so like, "Wait, he's dead? Dead? Dead?" Yeah. yeah. Amazing. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Ha um, ha. <laughs> so basically, she secured John's kingdom for him and. Made growth and development possible for the kingdom. So, basically, oh, who wore the real crown? Question mark, question mark, question mark. She did. Eleanor. She's the... But then John screwed it up by losing most of England's lands to Philip II of France by making mistakes Eleanor never would have made. Classic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> After she died, he was just like... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> never mind. That's the one problem with, like, training your kids that well, is that, like... Right. She just did everything. And yeah. He, and so he was like... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What and to as do. soon as she was like bye bye, he was like eh. <laughs> what? My name's John.
1: <laughs> it's like that's all you know. He's like yeah, my name's John. <laughs> I'm a weird girly lion. Yeah. <laughs> what? Rar. oh I can't wait to hear me rar. Gonna... <laughs> me too. Um. So. Oh good. <laughs> Go away. So, even though John ended up losing all of the land that Eleanor had gained and lost all the connections Eleanor had made, there's quite a legacy um, and impression that she made upon history that is often lost, uh, which is really sad, and many French historians have tainted her history and her legacy by basing their facts on her actions within her marriages, so not actually her person, but rather how she acted within her marriages between Louis and Henry, which is just, you know, like she's more than just
0: her marriages, but that was also she was also a strong, independent woman who yeah. didn't need no man exactly to be quite honest. Yeah,
1: and so those are pretty archaic approaches to describing a true champion of political alliances and cultural movements. As I worded, so I don't know. I sound like it's it's scholarly, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, um, honors college. No, I'm just kidding. Um, best. Yeah, <laughs> um, and. Her legacy also inspired the play The Line in the Winter by James Goldman, which was then eventually adapted into a film in 1968, starring Peter O'Toole and Katherine Hepburn, who in her own right was a strong woman of, uh, a strong woman, was a strong woman. of <laughs> um, Multiple. Yeah. She woman. had multiple personalities. She's a mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, ex- she was, I mean, she, she was a powerhouse actress, and she, um didn't let people walk all over her so basically she was perfect for the role and she could she was like modern day modern 20th century Eleanor of Aquitaine she was Catherine Hepburn of Hollywood um she also appears in Shakespeare's King John as Maggie has mentioned and there have been many books written about her court of love
0: and her life and also Robin Hood and there's a lot of inaccuracies there. <laughs> we need to talk about Robin okay. Hood. I just I need this to be known to the yes. wide public, mm-hmm. the like four people who listen to our podcast. Yeah. Um, the wide public. Yeah. <laughs> um, they need to know this. Uh, so first of all, we need to talk about the fact. Okay. So wimpy lion is King John, the mm-hmm. little wimpy guy with the snake. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Richard the Lionheart, who comes in at the end, who's, like, big zesty lion, <laughs> um, the, like, Simba type, mm, you know, him. handsome yes. mane flowing, yeah. <laughs> he comes in at the end. It's interesting that in that Disney version, they cut Eleanor out of the story, oh. so they have, instead of Eleanor serving as the regent, ruler, while, Richard the Lionheart is off fighting, right. which is what happened historically. Mm-hmm. They put her wimpy, stinky little son in charge <laughs> in the movie and made oh, him just, like, like exciting. a weird maneless lion, <laughs> but also somehow still a boy. Right. Huh. So, yeah, that's, that's my problem. Yeah. Um, Disney. You did something wrong there. You, you messed up. Gotta do a live-action remake, basically. Yeah. Is what we're saying. But cut... <laughs> John, <laughs> just make it. Except here's the problem with with that is mm-hmm. that then Eleanor would have been the bad guy,
1: That's and I don't true. want
0: that. That's yeah. why.
1: But maybe she could be like, you know how like Disney's been embracing the villain side of things. Maybe that could be a good thing. But like like she's, she's not a villainous. Not villain. she's, she's a complex she, character. She's a complex character. So they could introduce a woman with complex. Cha- she could. In- they could introduce a very human woman. Wow, oh, that's yeah. an, that's really interesting. This is yeah. an interesting discussion. We yeah. should have just a a podcast about episode
0: Illinois. just on wait we just did her yeah. no just on like the inaccuracies of Robin yeah. Hood. Yeah, One interestingly enough in the 1993 film uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, um, <laughs> Richard <laughs> the Lionheart also reappears, played by um, oh it's isn't it Ian? Oh God, who is it? Is it Ian McKellen? No, he's he's too old. Who's the one who plays... Oh, it's Patrick Stewart! It's Patrick Stewart! (gasps) Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart rolls up and and takes over, um, which is based off the Disney version and not the true version. Mm. Um, Yeah. But I guess, I suppose, I will, and I didn't think about this before, but I will grant them that Eleanor would have had to have been the bad guy. Yeah. But they also could have just not had Richard come back and have it be, like, after Eleanor's death when John actually was messing things up. Right.
1: Hmm. I can okay, on for hours. I guess we're gonna have to make a new movie then.
0: Yeah, let's do it. it. Amazing. I'll play the wimpy lion.
1: <laughs> no, no, come on. <laughs> I'll play the snake. <laughs> hey, um, another interesting tidbit is that Aveshi One's own still survives to this day and can be seen in the Louvre. I said the Lerve earlier. <laughs> <We> have <to laughs> you have to remind them? Yeah, yeah, that I said nerve And I, I think a lot of people, including a significant person who is very French, would be very mad at me <laughs> if I said the nerve in front of you. <laughs> would be like, what did you say?
0: <laughs> I want you to do that. next time <laughs> you see him. The know.
1: The he? Have it, you ever just have you g- been to the yeah. nerve. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Please do it. Yeah, I'm Please gonna, do it. I'll
1: send you a video, oh a Snapchat oh. video, and he'll be like, huh but <laughs> what What'd you saying? He's like, oh yeah. He does this thing where he goes, Oh yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you said? Anyway. So to conclude this lovely little podcast about Eleanor of Aquitaine, we have a quote written by the nuns of Fontevrol, uh, who wrote in their necrology a queen who was beautiful and just, imposing and modest Humble and elegant, and who surpassed almost all the queens of the world. I want to. One, I want to know who like. She didn't surpass. They were like almost <laughs> a little <laughs> Not bit of shade. Quite. Yeah. Not the nuns were
0: like quite that one. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing their their habits, and they were like. Hmm. I want someone. Can I hire them to describe me nicely? <laughs> yes,
1: we can. Maggie. She was beautiful and just, imposing and modest, <laughs> humble and elegant. And while she was described as beautiful, no one really knows what she looked like because no scholars wrote down anything about her actual appearance. Oh. Yes, it doesn't sad. suck. At least we had the nuns, though. The nuns were there for us. They were like, you know what, in the future, two girls sitting in an apartment in Harlem they're doing a podcast, and they're gonna want to know. Yeah. Thank you, nuns. Of Fonte Yeah, you amazing. Weird. It's,
0: it's just funny because, like, every, everything you read about her Oops. is like, she's so beautiful, she's so beautiful. But no one knows, like, was she blonde? Was she brunette? Did she have blue eyes? Did she have brown eyes? Like, no one knows that because no one wrote it down. Exactly.
1: It's kind of like, you know, how everyone's like, Jesus, 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 like, as we were talking about, but then they were
0: like, oh, but he's ugly. (laughs) Check out on (laughs) her previous episode. Yeah. Amazing. We we were talking about Jesus and how his image is distorted, too so much for listening to Who Wore What When. This episode of Who Wore What When was researched and written by us, Maggie Latham <laughs> and Bella McAllister. <laughs> it was edited and produced by Dabney Rao. We were inspired by David Henderson's History of Clothing course at Hofstra University. This episode was sponsored by Feminism, Flavortown, and Fernando the Turkey. Ooh. Oh, baby. Some of the research for this episode came from the book What People Wore When, The Ancient History Encyclopedia, and Encyclopedia Britannica. Did you know that making a podcast costs money? It sure does, but there is a way that you can help. By going to patreon.com and searching Who Wore What When, or clicking the link in the description, you can help us break even. For $1 per month, you can get access to some of our research materials, and for $5 per month, you get access to bonus episodes. Additionally, for a one-time donation of $50, I'll make you a custom embroidery. A special shout-out to our current patrons, David Henderson, Noah Silva, and Mario, <gasps> Ramirez. Mario Ramirez. We love you so much, <laughs> and thank you for making the production of this show possible. Special thanks to David Henderson, who gets a shout-out every week here and everyone who voted on my Instagram poll that they would listen to this podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars only, please. Tell your friends to listen. Tell your enemies to listen. Yeah. Who else should they tell to listen?
1: Tell your Eleanors to listen. Yeah, tell everyone in your life. Tell your Henrys and your Louise to listen, to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're just going to tear them apart. Exactly. Yeah. Your name, stupid. No, I'm just kidding. It's not...
0: Sorry, sorry to all Henrys yeah. and Louis. Sometimes dumb. you have
1: yeah a bad rap in history. You need to
0: you need to come up with some new names because yeah. they're un- or redefine the name of Henry and Louis.
1: There you That's go. True. There's your
0: task. It's from for Yeah, yeah. You can visit our website at www.dot and check us out on Instagram at who wore what when pod. Have questions, comments, or concerns? Email us at whoorwhatwhenquestions at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Meow. 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 Inner de chatteler I'm going to that. that's not it. <laughs>